The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Either you went into, like, I don't know, dog whistle volume or something happened. Because I had good. And then five seconds later, morning. So it wasn't like you went away, but good morning, Mike. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yep. Um, it is a good morning. Uh, we have a very busy show. We have a ridiculously busy week. And we may or may not end up needing to do a supplemental just to cover the expansion draft and the and the regular draft this week. But next week, free agency starts. And then the week after draft development camp start um you know there may not be any games going on but there is so much going on that calling it the off season uh is a little bit weird this time yeah this off season is gonna well it, it's a repeat of a few of four years ago i mean we've got an extra draft going on we've got uh, names going up that uh, free agents that are just and we were talking about some of them pre-show i mean there's just there's a lot going on like you said this this off this off season between the guys who have supposedly requested trades the guys who have been exposed for the or are expected to be exposed for the expansion draft and free agents you could spend an hour talking about any of those topics and still not cover the trades that have actually been made and there were quite a, there were actually quite a few yesterday. I mean, the deadline being what it was for expansion draft lists and, and whatnot. So they were there was a freeze at two o'clock central, which makes it three o'clock in the afternoon hour time. So correct. Uh, and the fact that we had what three or four moves, and then there were some that even I didn't know about, like Andrew Ladd, but that's foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh, lots and lots uh, to go into. Since you wanted to talk trades, we're actually going elsewhere first. Um, no, 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 we'll actually go with what I thought was one of the most surprising trades. Um, and that's uh, the end of the Duncan Keith era in uh, in Chicago. It was a little bit earlier in the week. Um, so most people have at least heard of it. But... I was pretty shocked that this trade happened. Uh, I really didn't expect Keith, Kane, or Ortiz uh, to leave Chicago before uh, before the end of their career. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Keith just they, turned 38. But do uh, they he really, does they, have two seasons left. But did they really have a choice? I mean, cap-wise, aren't they? Are they not strapped? Uh, they're not sense. in the worst position, <laughs> but they're also not in the best position. Uh, if you look at where Chicago sits, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have some work to do, but they've also got a decent number of guys still on their entry level or bridge contracts. Um, even after the trade, uh, well, after the trade, they have $10.4 million in projected cap space and a theoretical 21 players on their roster. Uh, and I say theoretical because these are the projections of uh, cap friendly before camp starts. Uh, 
and that includes eleven only eleven forwards because we're not counting Jonathan Taze, who's still a mystery according to all reports uh, regarding his health and if and when he'll return. Um, that includes seven defensemen and three goaltenders. I don't know that the three goaltenders that they have on the docket are the three goaltenders I'd want to go into a season with if I were hoping to push for a playoff spot. Uh, no. Colin Delia, Malcolm Subban, and Kevin Lankinen. That Lankinen uh, guy looked pretty good, except that I think they wore him out. They they just played him constantly. He was definitely moving into the the Lundquist slash Ward uh, group of, of rented mules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. They, those they rode him as hard as you could in a short se- short season. Yeah. Um, there's no question about that. And um, it's unfortunate that we're not going to see the best of a lot of players. Uh, or we didn't get to see the best of a lot of players last year simply because the workload, um, the workload is ridiculous. Even leaving aside worries, leaving aside um, the vaccination and any effects it might have had plus illnesses and roster holes because of it. Yeah. Uh, dated every uh, averaging every other day for an entire season, even if it's only 56 games, that's a lot of hockey. And he played 37 games. Uh, all, all 37 of them starts 909 save percentage, which was the highest among the three. Um, the other two were at 900 and 902 in 16 and six starts. Well, 16 and six games. Um, But I mean, Duncan Keith, no longer a, uh, no longer a Blackhawk is going to be pretty close uh, in the minds of Chicago fans to Ray Bork, no longer a Bruin. I don't know if I'd go that far only because, Duncan Keith was around for Stanley Cups and Ray Bork was purposely sent away just so he could win a Stanley Cup because that was the only thing he didn't have in his career. And he wasn't going to get it here. So I don't, I don't know if it's the same. I mean, he got to experience the tip of the the top of the mountain, the, 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 yeah. the pinnacle uh, while being a Blackhawk. So I don't know. Doesn't that make him even more a part of fan culture? I mean, pretty much everyone in Boston loved Ray Bork without him having won a cup. Right. Duncan Keith was a big part of their cup wins. Okay. But I don't know that it makes... I don't know that it makes it any harder or less difficult to see him go. I'm sure that they, I'm sure that Chicago Blackhawks fans are unhappy that he is no longer a Blackhawk. Wanted to see him retire as one, see number hanging in Raptor and so on and so on. But his number will make it to the Raptors. (laughs) Unless he somehow managed to take off ownership uh, to the point where it's not going to happen until they pass on or sell the franchise. Duncan Keyes, number will be in the Raptors in Chicago. But he doesn't but he doesn't have to come back to Chicago and show off somebody else's Stanley Cup to get the fans excited. 
He's probably already been there and supplied them with three. Even if he were to turn around and win one at Edmonton before he retires, he's not going to come back and they're not going to have like a celebratory parade for him. I just, I just, I, yes, I'm sure that they're upset that he he's not going to finish his career in the same jersey unless he comes back and signs one of those one-day contracts. But they they got to experience the epitome of emotions with him in their jersey. So I don't know if it's the same I don't know if it's the same feeling as him and Bork. And I think the issue is that they had to send away cuz the cap money for like Jonathan Taze, I mean, okay, Brent Seabrook, uh, his money is going to stay on the long-term IR. Uh, but Andrew Shaw is eventually going to come back, I would assume. Jonathan Taze has already done interviews. So isn't that $14, $15 million that is going to be back on the books? It's 10 and a half for uh, Taze. Andrew Shaw, just under four. Right. Um, and so they're still retaining salary on Olimata. So if you've got projected cap space of 10 but you've got to bring back 14 that puts you in my, the maths I learned that puts them over the cap. Yeah. I mean, sure. They're probably going to send one of the three goalies to, uh, to the, to the AHL and that will take a million or so off, uh, which gets them some wiggle room and they're going to lose somebody to the expansion draft, possibly even someone who's signed. Um, and that will that will get them a little bit more. Um, if you're looking at if you're looking at the rumors, uh, pro hockey rumors uh, says that they have Ryan Carpenter, Brett Connolly, Calvin DeHaan, Adam Gaudet, Malcolm Subban, and Nikita Zadorov uh, exposed. And we know that Subban is under contract. Brett Connolly, I don't believe. Nikita Zadorov? He's an RFA. Yeah. Um, Ryan Carpenter is signed. Brett Connolly is signed. I mean, from their perspective, losing, losing Brett Connolly. Um, oh, seriously, Brett, uh, Brett Connolly? I mean, this, is, this guy might was... Be the best thing. He was key to... The, the lightning winning Stanley Cups and, and was he not on the team last year? No, he was one? not on the team. He was in Washington when uh, I believe that's they what won. it yes. was. That's what it was. He was on their squad when they won against Vegas. He was key to Washington winning a Stanley Cup. Nine points in 24 games isn't terrible. I mean, it's not all star. I don't think he's a super great player. I think he's a middle six guy. Uh, yeah. But when you're drafted number six overall, um, mm-hmm. oops. Well, Nazem Kadri was drafted seventh overall. I would take Nazem Kadri over Brett Connolly. Brett Connolly in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Twice on game day. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yes, it's sad to see Duncan Keith move. He's one of those guys that you think is going to retire in the same jersey. It's like if they moved on Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane. Those three guys, you think, like you said, the Trinity, you think they're going to stay in one jersey. It hurts, but I think the fact that they've won championships takes the sting out of it a little bit. 
Oh, it does. Uh, which can't be said for uh, Parisi and Suter, who were both bought out this week. Uh, <laughs> the last of the forever contracts, essentially. Um, and only one or two of those 10-year mega deals ever worked out, including Alex Ovechkin's. But they're free agents as of July 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two of them had signed, what were they, seven, 13 year contracts for $98 million apiece. Um, have we seen an, this aggressive a GM in a while? Because Billy Guerin, first GM star, first time as a GM, and he is absolutely tearing into the rot on that roster. He's definitely trying to create this team in his image, whatever that may be, whether it's getting younger, faster, a lot more goals. He's Zach Parise has not been the same the last couple of seasons. He's had some injuries. Yeah. Buying him out by Don Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter. I'm not hundred percent sure this was a great, use of money to buy him out. But I think he was probably a little complacent. I I think the age scares him a little bit, but the guy still averages what? 24 minutes a night. Yeah. At at 36 years old. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can talk about him or we can let's of the two. I, I can see Suter actually getting a two or three year contract or still playing in the league for two or three years at over $2 million. I can't see any use for Zach Parisi. I, I've never any been his use. biggest fan. <laughs> I might I might be biased in on him, but if you're asking me which of these two do you think could be added profitably to 20 or to 20 teams in the league? Oh, Ryan Suter, without a doubt. It's, it's literally not even a question. But then again, finding a defenseman of his caliber is a lot more difficult than finding a forward of Parisi's caliber, even when he was playing well. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, even assuming that you're a complete idiot who somehow manages to sign Suter anyways, Mm -hmm. just imagine you put him on your third pairing. Is is there actually anywhere in the league a third pairing defenseman better than Ryan Suter? The uh, is no, obviously not. Uh, yeah, well, I would have to certainly concur on that notion. I just, I think that, I think he just did it because he's got somebody in the system that he really likes. He's got youth. He's got whatever it may be, but. I, I think I have a harder time understanding that buyout than I do the Parisi. I get the Parisi one. He has certainly not been playing. Zach Parisi has not been a player worth his anything close to his salary in a number of years. Ryan Suter will turn 37 during the next season. So 
it, 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 an age thing. Maybe he attempts to re-sign him at a lower number. Can you do that? Are you I allowed to do that? So. I don't believe you can. But I also, I also think that the pre, that the suitor, uh, suitor thing was very much more related to complacency than, uh, and perhaps an He's unwillingness still- to be traded. Complacency. He played all fifty-six games. He had nineteen he points. All fifty-six games. But what was he like in the locker room? Was he useful? Was he mentoring to younger players? Don't have the answer to that one because I'm not in the locker room. But neither do I. But this is a question I think has to be that had to have weighed into the factors or into the decision for. Um for Billy Garen and ownership. Um, because points wise, yeah, there, I mean, last, uh, the 19 or the 2021 season, 19 points in 20 in 56 games, pretty solid. Um, year before 48 game, 48 points in 69 games, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, even going back to the 0809, 47 in 82, um, still it was still over half a game, half a point per game. I, I think there had I think there had to have been something more than just on ice performance an, involved in this. Yeah, this is uh, it, that's the only other thing it could be is off ice because even in the playoffs he plays in all seven games. Okay, granted he only had one assist in those four in those seven games. Uh, but he averaged 24 minutes a night, 10 blocks, 10 hits. Uh, it, I'm not – I just don't see it. He's still a guy who I would absolutely put on a third line, even on a second line, second pairing. And I would – I'm willing to bet that there was no one willing to take the contract. But with the flat cap, I don't think there was a way to move him. That's a good possibility, yeah. Now, Zach Parise, on the other hand. No, just. <laughs> we moved Zach. We, we bought him out because, yeah, we just. He needed, he needed not to play in the NHL anymore. He needed not to be here. He needed. I Bill Garrett is just, he is. He's moving at the speed of sound, and he's making moves to get in players that he wants. And more power to him. I mean, he's the GM, and. and He's got an image of what he wants this team to be. And it appears he's certainly getting ownership support because you can't buy out two contracts like that without it. Not the contracts that they signed. Oh, Um, so this season right now, Garen and company have uh, 14 players currently signed. And again, that's the loose number as projected by cap friendly with 26 million and change to fill the rest of the roster. They have two goalies signed. Uh, they have four solid defensemen signed um, in Spurgeon, Brodine, uh, Dumba and Susie. And this might actually put a nail in the coffin of the Matt Dumba to anywhere trades, uh, trade think, rumors that we've been hearing since he was drafted. In all honesty, I don't think Matt Dumba was ever going anywhere to begin with. And I'd be surprised if you thought the same or if you um, thought differently. I thought I think it would have been foolish to trade him. Thank that doesn't you. mean I think he wouldn't he couldn't have been traded. 
Really? I mean, for the right price, I guess anybody could technically be traded. But We see teams do stupid things all the time. <laughs> At least once a year, the no, two of us talk, talk about GM making an incredibly foolish move. And, and we then, sit here and wonder how. Sometimes it's the owners well, pushing for, super, for silly stuff. Um, and sometimes then, it's not even an on-the-ice thing or an acquiring a player thing. It's look at what's going on with Jack Eichel. He wants out of town because they insisted that there was nothing wrong with his neck that he couldn't play through. Kevin Adams is afraid to get burned on that one. Or, uh, or, or down in St. Louis, Tarasenko, their team doctor failed to fix his shoulder with two surgeries. Did the third one fix it to the point where he's going to be able to play in the same manner that he used to before the injury. That's is my question. That's the thought. And since it actually addressed the real injury, um, there's would, a much better chance. Right. One would think that he, it has, but the fact that he's had his shoulder cut open three times now, what kind of effect does that have? Uh, somebody playing around in the same area, moving the same muscles, the same tendons, uh, it, it still weakens the area. I mean, has what kind of effect has it had on him, and how is that going to affect whether he's traded, not traded? And I mean, if, does does St. Louis really want to deal? I would imagine they'd rather deal him than lose him in the expansion. I I think that's a given. I think that they also, given what's come out in the media. I don't know that I would want him back in the locker room, even if he's completely professional, because you're going to get those questions anytime he gets dinged or misses a game. And it's going to start to spread doubt through the rest of the players about the quality of the medical staff. Yeah, you, you kind of I think the writing is on the wall there. I think you kind of have to move him somehow, whether it's. Cutting, One way or another, yeah, he, this should, he should have played his last game as a blue. Yeah, they can't have they can't have him, and I'm not going to blame him if he does speak ill of the team because of what they've done to him. But they, the team, the organization can't have him spewing negative rhetoric while wearing a blues jersey. I don't think most of the negative stuff has come directly from him. It's come from his agent. I know that there's often well, the little to no difference. Yeah. Is he got? A, is he an Alan Walsh guy? I honestly, <laughs> off the top of my head, forget. <laughs> um, Alan Walsh likes to protect his investments, shall we say? Uh, he is very, very. Uh, yeah, he invested is a very good way to describe his attachment to his players. Yeah, he seems to like Yarrow quite a bit. <laughs> Who and, else and Flurry. And Flurry. He seems to like Flurry quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, when, you can ha- when you can have somebody draw up a sword with the head coach's name on it, mm, going through your player. <laughs> and one of the most surprising players uh, who is likely to be exposed, um, or at least rumored to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, and I put this even ahead of Carey Price, who we've heard rumors about. Yeah. Um, is Gabriel Landeskog? 
all by itself without looking at anything other than him and his production and what he's meant to the team, it seems completely like Moonbat ridiculous. Okay. Unfortunately. Is there a reason for this? There, There is indeed a reason. It's because the Colorado Avalanche are cap crippled. They're not, they're not, they're not handcuffed. They are crippled. Really? Uh, you look at their numbers right now today. Mm-hmm. Uh, realize that Kale McCarr is not signed. They have, no, they 50, got 20. they have 26 million to sign 10 players. They need uh, at least 10 players to, to hit the 21, uh, 21 man roster for the regular season. And that's not counting illness, injury, missed games because of, uh, birth of a child, family illness, personal illness, whatever. So um, wait, you need a 10 player. So you're saying that you, you've got $2.6 million per player. So is that going to sign you a guy of Kale McCarr's ilk? Uh, 2.6, you're not, you're not getting Kale McCarr. His agent will laugh at you <laughs> and say he'll sit out before he'll, he'll play for that. Insert laugh track here. Yes, probably like a 20 minute track uh, or maybe like 20 minutes of like uh, that uh, Simpsons character laugh on loop. Oh, goodness. Um, but they don't have Landeskog signed. They don't have Brandon Saad signed. Um, they're probably going to want to sign uh, sign Jost and Bellamare. Um Pierre Edward Belmar, he's a, I mean, he's a 35 plus player. He's a real good, he's a real good penalty killer. Defend, he's a defensive forward. Doesn't get a lot of points. Um, he's not going to cost a lot of money. The money's going to, the the money that they're, they're going to end up spending is in a keeper Sher, keeper Sherwood, a Tyson Jost. Um, if you look at their defense, like you said, Kel McCarr. They signed they signed Gerard. He's five million per for the next I don't know decade or something like that. They got Devin Tays who signed his contract. Uh, might have been with the Islanders before he left there, before he was traded. But he's at four point one. So you're talking Kale McCarr getting at least, and we discussed this pre-show. But if he's got to be north of six and a half, if they're very lucky and can sign him to like a three a two or three year bridge contract they might be able to get him for like five and a quarter. <laughs> um, and then, you know, say, look, end of your, th- end of your second year, we'll sign you to that eight year deal uh, for, you know, Norris whatever the market, whatever the market finalist. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Good luck. Five and a quarter. Didn't say it would be easy. I, I did say <laughs> they're very lucky. How good of a salesman is Joe Sackick? Because <laughs> that's what it's going to take. It really take. depends. I mean, look at look at some of the cap friendly deals that we've seen players in at the top of their craft in multiple sports sign. Uh, you know, Brady never took or rarely took the top of the league for quarterbacks while he was in in uh, Foxborough. He was hoping that they would actually get him some talented wide receivers and offensive ding, players ding, ding, around ding. him. And then at the end of his, when he went to Tampa Bay, oh yeah, by the way, he's one of the top paid quarterbacks now. 
uh, it, it became a. I mean, he waited until the end of his career, but yeah, he. It's. I understand where you're going with it. I just, I'm just thinking that if if Sackick is is if Sackick is a real good salesman, he can sell him on the fact that it's a flat cap. We'll make it a short contract on short money, and then your next one will be when the cap goes up. We'll be able to pay you long term. It's going to take Sackick to sell it though. He's he's going to need to sell it, and he's going to need to make supporting moves almost instantly. Uh, because if you let that deal get any sort of sour taste in the kid's mouth, yeah, he's gone. But if you can bring in another useful defenseman, because they only have five guys who played in the NHL significantly last year, um, right away, pick up a useful free agent or trade piece. Mm-hmm. Um Kale McCarr is not stupid. Um, he's seen the he's seen what it, what it looks like when a team over concentrates its salary in a small number of players. I mean, look at Toronto, look at Edmonton. He, you know, he played in college with one or two guys, and the rosters there. Those two teams are not winning a cup anytime in the next few years. No, he knows it. I know it. You know it, and most of the players on their roster know it. Uh, if if they catch him and his agent in the right mood and can get a short deal for five and a quarter for two or three years, I think that's probably the best out for the team. Mm-hmm. But they are going to need to pay when uh, when that when that contract ends. I mean, if they think. It would surprise me. Yeah. Okay. McKinnon makes 6.3. Granted, forward defenseman. I get it. But Miko Rantanen is actually the highest paid player on that team at nine and a quarter. McKinnon comes up and they're going to have to do something with him next year. Thankfully, they can put that one a year off because McKinnon's going to be getting close to what Rantanen's getting now. <laughs> if not a, if not half a million more. A hair more, yeah. <sighs> Uh, Kadri and we we talked about Kadri pre-show as well, but Kadri's in the last year of his deal at four and a half. You know, if like it's going to take Sackett to sell it. I, I'm not against getting him for five and a quarter for a couple of years. I think the number that his agent has in his head is north of six. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me, and I don't even think it's undue based on what we've seen from him. Yeah. I mean, like I said, rookie of the but year, even, Norris even Trophy then candidate. You're only, even then, you're probably only talking a three or a four year deal. Yes. Um, because he's not going to give up any sort of free agency eligibility uh, if he can avoid it. And when the when is the. When is the um, uh, CBA again? <laughs> or do we not have to worry about that anymore? Wasn't that the worry like a year or two ago that they were everybody was signing up to the CBA because they weren't sure what was going to happen with UFAs yes. and, and all that sort of thing? 
Unless my memory is very, very much uh, broken, I thought they crammed through the CBA expa- uh, extension at the same time they were settling the uh, oh yeah settling the COVID restart. They kind of jammed it all together so that nobody was paying no unless you were really paying attention, you'd miss it. That's right, they did. Okay, so we're and good a lot with has that. happened since then. So, all right, so. If Landis Gog is exposed, I mean, because right now he's a UFA, so. He's a UFA, but they still have the rights to him until the start of free agency on Saturday or so. So they can leave him exposed. Seattle takes him, but then Seattle has to work out a deal or he becomes a free agent and they've wasted a pick. Yeah. So maybe that's why they left him exposed, figuring that Seattle's not going to take that shot. That's that's part of it, and it's a similar mentality to Carey Price being theoretically oh, yeah. exposed. Carey Price exposed for the expansion draft. Hmm. Is anybody going to take his ten and a half million dollars <throat> for the next five years uh, per year? I, I I kind of understand Bergevin's thinking there. I mean, that's one-eighth of the salary cap for an expansion team. I understand that... I understand both sides of it, because if you do take them, you've got that name recognition. It's the same thing that Vegas did in getting in their, in their expansion draft, taking Marc-Andre Fleury. He was clearly the big name that they... You know, whether he was... Whether he was going to be first pick or because they ended up doing it what alphabetically or something like that where he ended up not being the quote-unquote first pick but he was clearly their number one choice i mean it was they everybody knew he was going there i can see carrie price being that guy but ten and a half million dollars is a lot of money when you're talking a flat cap of 81 and i don't know how long the cap is going to stay flat though and if we're going to be honest just like Vegas, we're not going to see a lot of high-end guys available. And I really don't see a lot of high-end free agents flocking there. Alex Ovechkin, almost certainly not moving to Seattle. <laughs> oh, he, didn't, he hasn't sold his – wait a minute. He hasn't sold his house in, 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 in the Washington area there? No? Condo, not according to my sources. Okay. Um, Taylor Hall has probably not pre-purchased a uh, a condo across the street from uh, Here. the new T-Mobile Arena. The new T-Mobile Arena. What do they call it? The Climate? The something Climate Arena? I, I forgot I, the name of it, honestly. They're going to have to find a simpler name than whatever it has. <laughs> um, so I can remember it. Willing to bet David Krejci does not have Seattle on his shopping list uh, for this offseason. Yes, but should Krejci have Colorado on his shopping list? <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. And Yeah, it's another topic though. <laughs> maybe maybe Ryan Suter is now contemplating Seattle. You know, that's I can see that because if you can get him in there, whether he's a top line or a sec I mean he's also gonna be a voice in the locker room. Uh, and you're saying that 
was was it potentially an issue in the locker room with him that he's no longer in the wild organization but we're talking a guy who's been around a while who's seen it all the only thing he and that's where Carey Price comes in you get his experience with with the playoffs and and Carey Price has also won multiple awards. I can't think of a single award that Ryan Suter has actually won. Ryan Suter hasn't won a Norris Trophy? Mm, to the best of my knowledge, no. I'd have to look that one up. Hmm. Actually, you are correct. According to Hockey Reference, in fact, he's only been an all-star once. How does that work? This guy is well, one of the top. playing with Shea Weber for years. Oh, playing in the shadow. That's right. And then he was playing with Ryan Ellis and company for years. Then he went to Minnesota. Where no one was paying attention for years. <laughs> just, I, I can't believe he's only a one-time All-Star. That, to me, is just ridiculous. Because he was only with the Predators for one season, for what, one or two seasons, 11 No, he 12, was there seven or eight. Because he was just, oh, okay, he's, 2005. He's out of the draft. Why and then he played, what was that? 05 to 2012. And then from 12 to the present, he was a Minnesota Wild. Okay. So yep. 05, to, 05 to 12. So seven years or so with Nashville. Okay. But yeah, you're right. He had Shea Weber and then they brought, they had in, uh, yes, Ryan Ellis at the end there, I think. So quick question before we dive into the rest of the show. Okay. Uh, Ryan Suter has now played 1,198 regular season games. Wow, twelve, just under 12. He's got to get somewhere and play two more games. Does he hit 1,500? <sighs> That's 302 games, 80, 80 games, 8 times 4. He'd have to play the better parts of another four seasons. No. Um, He'd be 40 okay. years old. I don't, I just, I, I wouldn't have a problem seeing it. I mean, if he's still playing at even a, a third line level and he's been as good as he's been. I just don't see it. I, that's another four seasons. I, I don't know that he does it. I mean, obviously, two more games to get to 1,200. I get that, but another 300? And currently, he is uh, third in games played for that draft class. Um, just behind, uh, 34 games behind Dustin Brown. And about, <laughs> what is that, uh, just still, under 20 games ahead of Brent Burns? I still want to know who, who uh, how Dustin, what, he, what his secret is. So. It's Someday. probably something that's not discussed in Polite Sports Company. Um, <laughs> well, he kind of re he kind of reinvented himself like two or three years ago. All of a sudden, he turned into he turned into Dustin Brown, the goal scorer. Don't know how the hell that happened. Still haven't figured that one out. I just I, I like Ryan Suter. I really do. There was a time where I wanted him in a Bruins uniform. I'm not even sure if I'd, I I guess if two million. If we could get him for a couple of mil, I suppose. Two million. That would work, yeah. Okay, three and a half million. 
Maybe. I, I, I'm i not as sold on that number. Five and a quarter, no. Interesting. Really? You'd be okay with five and a quarter million for a 37-year-old defenseman? I. You were pointing out how many minutes he's still playing. Uh, His he, points production hasn't really even tanked yet. <laughs> I think that there are other reasons involved. I don't know what those reasons are. I can make guesses all day long. Um, so sign him to three. So sign him to three and a half and put in, put in whatever bonuses or, or, or incentives to make it worth five or five and a quarter. Uh, say yeah. he averages twenty four. Say he averages twenty four minutes a night or twenty four minutes he, a night. And has to stay over a over a quarter of a point per game. That's about what he. Yeah, it's actually better. He's actually better than a quarter of a point per game. But okay. Yeah. So yeah, that'll work. That's what I'm saying. His age does scare me a little bit. I mean, he's been he's played a lot, and if you look at his, but the, he's he been durable. And I know he's we're been jumping. durable, but he also hasn't played that many playoff games. And I think that that's where that I think that that extended time uh, into the summer he's and got a those, total of 88 playoff games in his career. I mean, if you compare that to Patrice Bergeron, same draft. Yeah, uh, Bergeron has played like 130 or something like that, 100, maybe even more than that. I would have to look his up, but okay. First run has played 160 playoff games. 160. That's two seasons. Yeah. And you got to love it. Ryan Suter, career playoffs. Career averages 27 minutes a night. In the playoffs. Um, Now, granted, he's only played one season's worth of hockey, but 27 minutes a night in the stress that is the playoffs. Maybe I do give him three and a half mil. (laughs) I think at three and a half mil, the answer is still yes uh, for almost any team in the league. Like Arizona, if Arizona can sign him, there's almost not a number you don't sign him at. No, yeah, I could see that. Particularly if you think he can be a good mentor to some of your younger players. And if it's for one year, chicken, whatever. Like if you're, hey, if you're Buffalo. No. I can't see him wanting to go to Buffalo, although he apparently likes nasty cold weather. So, I mean, he's from Wisconsin and lives in Minnesota. Um, he averages 25 minutes a night regular season and 27 minutes a night playoffs. Yes. And the guy is pretty damn durable. I mean, he's 80, 69, played all last this year, played all last year, played all the year before, missed four games, slacker, in seventeen eighteen, All season, all season, missed five games in 2014-15. In nine uh, of his fifteen or nine of his fifteen, sixteen crazy. seasons, he's played all the games. 
and it might be 10 because I don't I, off the top of my head. I don't remember how many Minnesota played in uh, in the in the 1920 season. It says 69. I don't know how many of the team played. You're right. But he played in 69, which is pretty damn close to a lot of the teams were around that 69, 70 mark when the pause started. So I could give him credit for playing the whole season then, too. But still, it's just, that's crazy. And the most games he's missed in a season is, oh, wait, he missed 12 games back in 2010-11. 12. How dare he? Like I said, slacker. How dare he? <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, three and a half mil. All right. I'll, I'll move me into the yes column for three and a half mil. I'm still uh, not sold on five and a quarter, but I'll do three and a half. To not much surprise, mm-hmm. Alex Edler is going to be a UFA and will not return to or <clears throat> unlikely to uh, return to the Vancouver Canucks this offseason. Uh, this is out of Canucks <sighs> Army. Um, and awesome. David Quadrelli. Uh, Not surprised. Uh, this came via his agent, Mark Stowe. Um, honestly, given how unlikely it is that the Canucks mm-hmm. win the cup in the next two years, I I just can't blame him. I mean, he's been he's been to the cup final. He's done the best work that he can. I mean, no one ever really questions his work ethic or his. uh, And if I could go someplace else and maybe get one last shot at the cup, I'd do it. Okay, he's 30. He's 35 years old. Uh, won't be 36 until pretty close to the end of next season. So he just turned 35. Yep. Uh, not quite as durable as Edler. Do you bring him into the Bruins? In, I mean, again, the question comes down to what role and who have the Bruins lost in the, in the expansion draft. Um, He's got 82 playoff games in his career. Averages slightly, averages a bit over 23 minutes a night in the playoffs. Uh, in those 82 playoff games, he's got 38 points in his career, all with all with Vancouver. 925 games. I mean, which Alex Edler are you getting? Last year, for the first time in his NHL career, he had zero goals. Mm -hmm. But if you go back just one season. He also averaged just under 21 minutes a night, which is the lowest since his second full season in the NHL. So the question or question number one is, is that an Alex Edler is not as dur- or not as well conditioned as it used to be answer or or eventuality, just age catching up to him? Or are there better players on the roster and uh, Travis Green is trying to develop them? Um, 
I mean, remember, Jack Hughes is there, or Quinn Hughes is there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, uh, well, Tyler Myers shouldn't be ahead of many people. Um, Nate Schmidt is there now. Uh, you've got I'm Travis sorry, did you say Tyler Myers shouldn't be ahead of any money? <laughs> I did say that, yes. Okay, just checking. Uh, I mean, Myers has definitely improved himself as a defenseman over, like, the early part of his career, the middle of his career. And he did pick up six goals last year. But if you asked me going into last season who was going to score more goals uh, and put up more points, Tyler Myers or Alex Edler, I would have been quite comfortable saying. This Alex is the Edler. former. This is the former Buffalo Saber, Tyler Myers. Yes. Oh, six foot okay. in a lot, and uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Six foot in a lot, not very useful, more offensive-minded than defensive-minded. Which, while I don't mind defensemen scoring goals, I don't think that they should be thinking goals first. I think they should be stopping the other team first. But just a thought. That is a weird thought. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to muddy the waters. But um, So they've currently got three guys for next year. Um, Edler is obviously the oldest of the bunch. Clearly, you're going to resign Hughes because if you don't, well, then you don't have a job opening yeah. night. <laughs> you shouldn't have a job way before opening night. Uh, Travis Hamonic, Hamonic, however you want to say his last name, because I've heard it both ways. I think they bring. I think they give him money and keep him around. I just think it's a, with Edler. I get the feeling it's an age thing, and he wants to. He wants to go somewhere where he has. He's going to be a contender, and I think last season scared him away because they was they were supposed to be better than they were. But I also think injuries kind of hit them hard too. So I don't think well, it's a fair assessment. That team was never looked right last year. They had. They had. Two, I want to say they had two separate COVID outbreaks. Yes, that was and the other thing. at one point, they had as many as 19 players sick. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how – I mean, these are all fairly young guys in really good condition. Um, I don't know how, how many of them had long – like long uh, – uh, long haul sufferers, the people who had symptoms for weeks and months instead of a few days. Um, well, I talked to. I was going to say they talked to guys like uh, in basketball, like uh, the young kid for the Celtics there, uh, Tatum. He got COVID, and he said that he took like months to actually get rid of all the symptoms. He still felt run down. He still felt it. So I can see in an, in a sport like hockey. You're wearing all those pads on top of feeling those symptoms and and getting yourself all worked up and it's always move 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 move. Yeah, I could see it taking forever for them to lose to to get back to a hundred percent. Well, that and there were I want to say there were two stoppages for them where they had where were. uh, they weren't playing. So you're talking huge concentration, even above what everyone else was seeing. Um, and then the stops and starts where you're not even allowed to go work out uh, and you're isolated. So conditioning for almost everyone was probably pretty poor. Um, I 
I'm having a hard time judging people on last season. I really am. And for teams you like this, teams like Dallas, you uh, can't really. Just Dallas was another one. Yeah. So Edler's last contract was two years at the two. It was a two year, twelve million dollars. So it was average annual of six, six per. Is his next contract anywhere near that? And who would pay him? I think he can get one year at four. Uh, I think he can get a couple of years of one year at four. I mean, at, at, like I said, at 35, he falls into that category where you got to be careful with the one year, two year. And because and, if he retires after that second year, then you're. I mean, I guess it depends on, on what he's looking for. If his goal is I need to win a cup. He probably has his agent call up Tampa Bay and say, look, for one year, I'll take one point five. I want to win a cup. Do you really think Tampa is going to win a third year in a row, though? I mean, no, he, <laughs> but I didn't think they were going to win a second year in a row either. No, I really didn't either. I really didn't either, but they did, unfortunately. Maybe. Hey, maybe he says, OK, how about Colorado? They need defensemen. They badly that's, need defensemen. That's who I was thinking. The only thing is that he's going – he's only moving one time zone east. He's going from Western Conference to Central. Yeah. Uh, but it also shortens the travel time to everywhere in the Western Conference. Yes. Um, and you don't have to deal with customs as often because <laughs> most of your – most of the teams you're playing are in the U.S. versus only, what, two or three in Canada? Uh, in the Western Conference, four teams in Canada in the Western Conference. Um, so that that is a factor as well. Uh, just based on time and recovery. Now, one of the things that we've seen with some older players going to Colorado is the elevation seems to get to some of them. Yeah. Um, if that's going to be the case, I think for him, the sooner he signs there, moves there, and starts working out at full pace there, not the uh, not the uh, summer or the preseason workout pace, uh, but full speed workouts uh, for the better the better performance he'd have. So if Makar is on your top pair, along with he's been paired up with different people. I mean, he's been paired up with Gerard. He's been paired up with Taze. Adler is what your second pairing or third pairing in Colorado? I think I think you're going to have to go with chemistry there because if you have if you legit have three guys or three pairs of guys uh, who you think can go 20 minutes a night, mm-hmm. it's going to be situational chemistry uh, between the two handedness, I suppose, comes into it, and then you know who's taking penalties, who's playing at the highest percentage of health. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to imagine what type of fit that's going to be in my head. And I'm trying to picture who the other defensemen are and who he'd be. I could see it. I mean, at the right dollar amount, I could certainly see it. And Colorado is going to get themselves a physical defenseman who has some offensive pop in his game. Averages 22 minutes a night or whatever it is. Um, Playoff experience. Yeah. Um, actually, got, actually has Stanley win. Cup final experience if you go back to 2011. Yeah. 
and he's still hungry to win. Yes, I think so. I mean, you saw that in the uh, bubble hockey uh, a little while ago or two summers or last summer. Yeah. I like him. I mean, I think with him, durability is more of a question. Certainly, it's more of a question than it was with uh, than it is with Suter. I mean, if you look at his seasonal oh, yeah. numbers, I mean, he hasn't there's... played a full NHL season since since oh wait, the year after the Cup. He played a he played all eighty two games the year after the Cup. Oh, the year after making it to the final, whatever you want. So yeah, he's not he's not as physically durable. But do they need that in Colorado? I mean, I, I think Colorado might be an interesting landing spot for him. Now, one other name that um, is on the protected list that I think is I personally think it's a no brainer. Jonathan, or he's not on the protected list, rather, uh, is Jonathan Quick. I said I said during last season, I actually said the year before when they still had, when they finally traded Jack Campbell, that they wanted Cal Peterson to be the number one. Um, and I think that this is one way. Jonathan Quick makes a lot of money as well, though. I mean, is this another... See... Carey Price. A, is this another Carey Price situation where they just think that he's priced himself out of the expansion draft? I, I, well, I don't. I think if you're choosing one of these two goaltenders, you're choosing Carey Price. Yes. Because uh, Jonathan Quick's health is just not what it once good. was. <laughs> it's not been good. Um, and, I mean, Jonathan Quick. Price-wise, much more affordable, 5.8, two seasons left on the contract. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> yes, he's won cups, but he's a couple of years older than Price. Mm-hmm. 35 to carry prices, 30 as memory serves, or 33. Um, but his save percentage the last three years, he's only had one year in the last three where it was over 900. That's uh, what's known in professional circles as ungood. Yes. Carey Price is 33 years old. And Jonathan Quick, as you said, is 35. I don't know. Seattle's, I think that if they're going to take one of them, yeah, I think the extra money. It's a lot of extra money, though. It's not just it like, is. it's not, it's not the difference between, you know, like five and seven. It's not an extra quarter. It's, <laughs> it's like twice. It's almost twice as much. Hello. That's a lot of money. And again, when you were dealing in a, in a cap related age, 5.8 mil and you're out of the contract a lot quicker than you are with Carrie. I don't know that they take quick though, but Cal Peterson is going to be the number one in LA anyway. It doesn't matter if oh, quick stay, if quick stays there. He's going to end up being the most expensive backup that I've seen in a while. 
I don't know. They, w- there's the uh, twin. There's the uh, twin pair in um, in Vegas. There, that's got to be pretty close to price money. Uh, to quick Who, money Robin together. Leonard? Robin Leonard makes either five or six. I don't remember what his contract is. Unfortunately, I I think DeBoer prefers to play Leonard. I just think that Mark Andre keeps giving him a reason not to. Robin Leonard makes five. Fleury makes seven. Yeah. But Fleury's only got this is his last year on his deal. Ooh, there's a question that we didn't that we'll have to talk about at some point. Is next year Mark Andre's last year? He's 36 years old. I don't know. Put that uh, put that on on the topics for uh, about four or five weeks out after dev camp and before and before definite, definite uh, the fall burner. roster starting assembling. Definite back burner stuff. <laughs> Just that, little things that pop into my head while we're recording. Robin Leonard. I, I think that the boy prefers Leonard, and I think you're going to see him, especially with a seven year age difference. I think you're going to start to see Leonard play more. But Fleury really has not given DeBoer much of a choice. He's he's almost forced Peter's hand in 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 Vegas. I mean, just the way he plays. And but then he plays him and he gets worn out and he has a couple of bad games. Leonard comes in. Ugh. Yeah. But I still back to back to quick. I mean, I don't I don't know that Seattle's going to take him. I mean, he's a West Coast guy. He knows I. He's used to the West Coast travel. I can't I, see them taking him for any reason. I don't think they'll take him, though. I think if you, if given a choice between taking a quick or a price, I still think you take price, even though he's more expensive. But quick does – the, the shortness of the contract, it, it, it doesn't saddle them long term. I mean, seriously – I mean, you for would, me, as a price. franchise, I'd be looking for more stability than because it, his price stability. I mean, this is he's been around how many years now? 10, 11 years. And this is his first foray to the final. And he did and he did reasonably. I mean, the, the guy played Carey Price of like five years ago. I mean, I think he just they ran into an obvious offensive juggernaut in in Tampa Bay, the one time that they actually scored first, and that was a key for them in the playoffs, was they needed to score first. They needed to be able to set the defensive tone, score first, and then play defense, force the other team into mistakes. And when they didn't, they couldn't play catch-up. So, I mean... I don't. The only the only thing that could, that makes me question whether Quick would get picked or not mm-hmm. is who's actually available from from uh, Los Angeles. I mean, there's nobody who's particularly appealing. I mean, one of the guys they have exposed is Mark Alt. Yay, Mark Alt. 53rd pick in the 2010 draft and has played 20 games. Uh, 20 NHL games. Zero so, points and four penalty minutes. But there's some good young, 
good young players available. Blake Lazat, Austin Wagner. Hey, Austin Wagner's, Wagner's not that young. I mean, I'm more likely oh, okay. to... I mean, the rest of them kind of make me go, oh. I mean, yeah. I, but... Um, Andreas Athanasiu is an interesting one, too. I, I mean, I'd probably take uh, Athanasiu uh, as as the guy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if I'm prioritizing based on the 10 on the 10 best available players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and building the rest of my draft around that and then hitting all of the requirements for how many players you're, requ- you're required to take at each position. Los Angeles is in the back end of where, where I'm picking a player from. I mean, yes, Blake Lazat, Brendan, uh, Brendan Lemieux are worth talking about. Holy Mata, if you believe he can be healthy. Are they required to take one player from every team? Yes. Okay. So you have to take somebody. I mean, you have to take someone, even if it's a UFA, who you're not going to sign. So you grab Athanasiu. And you flip him back to Detroit for a second round pick. And you flip it back to Detroit. I don't know. Does does uh, does Eiserman go that direction? Is he is is he known for taking back players that he's dealt away? Wait a minute. Did he deal him or was he dealt before? They... I think that was after his time or before his time. Because he originally went. He didn't originally go to L.A. He originally was traded to somewhere else and then he was and then he went to LA I don't remember off the top of my head I am but okay so you expose Athanasiu I think Athanasiu was probably the guy I'd end up taking I may have to go through this I'll definitely have to go through this list uh in the next day or so but um yeah, no, I, I completely I think it is, too. And I and, and I do believe that, yeah, you go after carry if you're going to draft a goalie. I have to go through the whole list of protecteds and unprotecteds and see who's available since it was just released. Literally, you just sent it to me. <laughs> I mean, who you take from Montreal is honestly way more interesting. You've got Paul Byron, Philip Deneau, uh Jonathan Druin. Ooh. Uh, Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, Thomas Tatar. Um, you've got Kale Fleury, Eric Gustafson. Um, I'm looking at that. Brett Kulak, Shea Weber, Charlie Lindgren, and Carey Price, among others. I'm looking at Philip Deneau. Uh, Deneau is definitely something to talk about. I might might actually just take Shea Weber. I mean, yeah, I'd love to have Shea. Oh, that's where he went. He went to the Oilers before ending up with the Kings. And I do now, believe, yeah, I do believe that might have actually been an Eisenman deal because it was only done during the uh, during the pandemic year. So the pause year, 1920. So that might have actually that was actually that would have been an, an Eisenman deal. I don't know if Eisenman takes people back. So Athanasiu, maybe uh, I think Seattle would take him. To, uh, 
26 years old, still an RFA. I mean, and then, yeah, Shea Weber is. I might have to take Shea Weber. Wow. Yeah. That poses a, yeah, that poses a question. I, like I said, I need to go through the whole list and see what other goalies are available, but. So, um, we mentioned some trades early in the show. Yes, we did. Do you recall what I was talking about, uh, about a revelation or so, or realization about the Vegas Golden Knights late in the playoffs? They had some issues later. Uh, didn't they have power play issues? And they had... They had speed issues. I don't know. Alex Tuck is fast. Okay. Name me two other players on the team who are. Uh, no. <laughs> fast or quick. I mean... <laughs> I mean, William Carlson is... Yeah, sort of, but not really. Um, Marcia, so no, not really. Yeah, they 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 have they had speed issues. So the two guys it caught they acquired. up to them. It caught up to them when they had to play Montreal. And that wasn't the fast Montreal team, or not the fastest Montreal team we've ever seen. Right. Not even in the top five in the past twenty, but well, Montreal was Suzuki, clearly fast. Suzuki, Yummy, you know. Suzuki's fast. Suzuki is fast. Kale, McCa- uh, Kale Caulfield is fast. Um, Kakanyemi uh, is yeah, kind of, sort of. I don't think he's as fast as the other two. But. He's not a – I don't think he's top 10% in the league fast, but he's faster than anyone on Vegas. Okay. What did Vegas do among their acquisitions? Nolan Patrick, good foot speed uh, when he's healthy. Brett Howden. Good foot speed when he's healthy. And aside from being cheap, both of them are young and both of them have something to prove. Guess what was typical of every player on the roster in the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals? They all had they all felt they had something to prove. Yes. Brett Howden, six foot three, 197 pounds, 23 years old. Uh-huh. Um, will be turning 24 just before the playoffs start next year. Um, I like this pick, these pickups for them. If for, if for no other reason, uh, and I think there are definitely other reasons, then the fact it gets this team younger. I mean, for a brand new franchise, they're kind of gray haired. Agreed. I don't think that they're the. I, I certainly don't believe that they are the youngest franchise out there, uh, player age wise. It's not like they're L.A. playing all these guys because they have nothing to play for. So they're they're going to bring up all the youth and see what they can do. Um. I, I mean, don't the average age of their goaltending is thirty three. Okay. Average age of their defense is 27 and a half and about the same for. But what's wrong with 27 and a half? I mean, how young do you want the defense to be? That, But it's 27. It's essentially 27 and a half 
for the forwards too after after adding these two guys um at a certain point uh i mean i i'm happier with an older defense and younger forwards and i think 27 as an average for your forwards is probably a little high Mm -hmm. um as an average for your defense i can live with it um but I mean, just compare it to yes. Compare it to Tampa Bay. Uh, their goaltending, Tampa Bay's goaltending, is younger. Um, their defense, as I said, it's about that. Uh, you want to go with, uh, let's say, Colorado. <laughs> Colorado's defense average is twenty-four point two years old. Okay. And their forwards, 26.9. Okay, so 26.9, 27 uh, So you're talking four months difference? Uh, it's, it's also a matter of how old the older, older guys are. Um, you look at the Islanders, three, three they're definitely to- an old team, too. Uh, 28.6, and... Uh, for D and 29.2 for forwards. And we knew that their forwards weren't particularly young. But aren't the Bruins older than that? The Bruins had a lot of very young players on the roster last year. I mean, I don't think there was anyone over 24 on the roster other on the defense uh, who played more than 10 games last year other than Kevin Miller. Boston's defense averaged 25.6. Their forwards are older, yes, 28.1, and I think that bit them in a couple of places. Um, But then again, they haven't drafted well, so. You look at the Bruins, I love it, it shows goaltenders, both UFA. There's no goalie signed for next year. Isn't that nice? There's no experienced goalie signed for next year. (laughs) Oh, wait, we have guys in... We have three guys in the minors that are signed. You know, Kaiser, Vladar, and Swayman. There you go. And I've anyway. seen elsewhere that Halak is officially going to market, um, which surprises no one. Well, he's certainly not happy with the Bruins at this point, nor would I be the way he was hosed at the in the last month of the season. So, And about two shows ago, was it? We talked about Matthew Kachuk potentially leaving. Yes, we did. Yeah, Brad Traveling says, "Where did that? Where did you hear that?" Um, <laughs> I don't know, but if we talked about it, it was out there. It was out there. Um, I'm always happy to see rumors quashed. Uh, if if I think I believe the person quashing them, uh, Eric Francis for uh, Sportsnet has the story uh, back a couple of days ago. Um, he asked. You know where that came from? And there's nothing to it. Uh, that's 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 all I said. He what he would, wasn't willing to talk about was Johnny Gaudreau and Mark Giordano. Um, those two guys are also much rumored about. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau has been rumored about since he hit the NHL, possibly before hitting the NHL. They I mean, obviously, there was the talk that he was too small and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mark Giordano was actually driven out of the NHL for a year or two and spent time in Europe uh, before coming back and somehow turning himself into 
a Norris contender and a Norris winner. Yeah. Abadie is 37 and Calgary needs fixing. Yes, they do. So you let Giordano. Wait, is Giordano even a free agent? No, he's still under contract, isn't he? I mean, we're talking about a 37 year old. I believe he has one year left. Is it one year or two years left? Uh, This is his last season at six and three quarters. He is 37 years old. He's got no movement. Uh, He can create a list of 19 teams to be traded to. Uh, So you can guarantee that it's going to be all the typical, all all the the usual suspect. It's going to be the Tampa Bays, the the Bostons, the Phillies, the the Rangers. It's either going to be big markets or teams that can make deep playoff runs. Absolutely. And this is a team that's, uh, again, cap crippled. Uh, They have 14 players signed for next year. And only thirteen and a thirteen six available to finish up uh, those other seven. So they got less than two million per player. Oh, there you go. Um, now of their of their players, they don't have anyone huge in need of signing. They need to find a backup goaltender. Um, they have four of their defensemen signed. Uh, two UFAs, Michael Stone and Nikita Nesterov. Um, and then three UFAs, uh, Killington, Yuso Valamaki, and then Connor, McK- uh, Connor Mackey. Um, but they have three UFA forwards who. The, the biggest, the biggest of all the, all the, the, it would either have to be like Chris Tanev or Dylan Dubé. I mean, they need a goaltender. Like, and yeah, they need a goalie. Yusuf Alamaki. Yeah, they need a goalie. Somebody that's going to back up Markstrom. Not that Markstrom doesn't get played quite a bit as well, but Doming's not. Louis Doming, how he keeps floating around is beyond me. He's not the best of goaltenders, but he's been on many, many different teams at this point. So, hey, maybe they can make a deal for, I don't know. No, they don't want Jonathan Quick either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For deals that have been made, uh, Brandon Carlo signed what has got to be considered at least a moderately team-friendly deal in the wake of Kevin Miller uh, retiring. Six years and what was it, four and change a year? Uh, six-year deal for Carlo, 4.1 average annual value. I'm I'm 100% on board with that. Don't know I'm, how. I am very much on board with that. I was expecting to have to pay more. I was I was thinking it was going to end up around the five number, that, around five, five and a quarter. There you, there you go. I was expecting about a million more. Um, so I'm okay with this. Um, Brandon Carlo, I think, is the best defensive defenseman. On the roster, yeah. um, Matt Grizzlick is obviously the most complete defenseman on the roster. Yeah, he'd be the best two-way. Of course, we all know the Hall of Famer has to be, you know, considered as the best defenseman on the team. But anyway, um, in league history, in league history, in um, league history, the two of us disagree on which 
which young defenseman they're probably going to lose, Lozon or Clifton. I tend to think it's Lozon. Um, I I I I don't have I I don't think how do I phrase this? It's going to sound weird. I don't think that losing either one of them is right wrong. I I think it's going to be Clifton just because he seems to be more solid defensively. He's he, and as big as Lozon is, I think Clifton's a better hitter. Uh, I think he's a little bit better positionally in his own end. But we can both agree it's not going to be Jacob Zaboral. Um. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Zaboral. Okay, <laughs> I just want to double check. I don't think it's going to be Zaboral. I mean, do we know who they did they protect anybody of of note in Boston? Um, usual suspects, Bladar, oh, McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo. Yeah, okay, so the usual suspects protected. Yeah, I think it comes down to Clifton or Lozon. They're not going to take John Moore, clearly the best defenseman available in the expansion draft. Well, the thing is, is it would set the bar, set the bar too high uh, for expectations for Seattle fans. Yeah, there's that too, yeah. Um. But yeah, Boston Boston had a really short list of decisions to make after you took into consideration everyone who was uh, protected or who was automatically in need of protection uh, because of a no trade or no movement clause. I think I could have written this list on yeah. an entry level contract. <laughs> um, you and I could have written this list without consulting anyone. <laughs> Looking at legitimately looking at the rules for the expansion, you could have anyone could have written this list. Just yeah, literally anybody. Um, I am somewhat, I am very very slightly surprised uh, that both Frederick and DeBrusque are on here. Um, I kind of half expected them to dangle DeBrusque. Um. But that's just that's just me. Uh, the okay. guys who are available, half of them haven't played for the Bruins in a long time, and half of them have not done anything useful for the Bruins ever. Um, Jacob for Barker Carlson, yes, they own the rights to him. Meh. Paul Carey, lots of meh. Um, Kevin Miller retired. Zach Sanishin, um, Don Sweeney would send a bottle of wine with that one. Um, uh, Caleb you know, Booth is a little bit surprising to see on the list, but not hugely. And I'm only surprised because there's no there's no NHL goaltender signed for next year. We all have a not-so-sneaking suspicion who it's going to shape yeah. up to be. Well... It depends on whether, you know, the franchise goaltender there is going to be coming back. Clearly, he won't be ready until at least January to begin with. So, yes, do you either start the, the start the regular season with two guys who combined have like 11 games under their belt? Or do you bring in another veteran such as, I don't know, Jonathan Quick? <laughs> I don't see them acquiring quick unless <laughs> I don't he's leaving so. most of his unless he's leaving half of his uh, cap hit behind. Oh, easily, 
I'm just I, I'm just saying they're gonna have to do something because if the one that you relied upon and and considered a franchise and and yeah does he have elite elite that's the word I was looking for thank you um he's not going to be available until sometime next January at the earliest based on his uh, surgery uh, that would be correct. Um, and that's assuming he ever is available uh, and wanted. I still think that going back to prior to the pandemic, when he talked, when he first started talking about this being his last contract, when you start talking like that, it usually means you've already got one foot out the door. So I don't know how much I expect him to come back in anyway. Uh, yeah, the um, Mark, uh, Mark, do you uh, diver? Um, who covers uh, a lot of Providence Bruins stuff, um, had a couple of interesting tweets this week. Uh, number one, uh, he's talking about Jack Stadnika, uh, working out like crazy this summer, um, called his w- workout as off the charts, uh, added 10 pounds of, uh, the right ones or 10 of the right pounds. And if Stadnika is actually able to bulk up and contribute, uh, at the NHL level, that's huge. Um, well, we talked the, about how we talked about how in the in after his what was it after his rookie season when when Pasta came back and clearly he looked bigger yet hadn't lost the speed that they wanted him, that that made him desirable they needed from him. Yeah, didn't lose the speed, but actually bulked up, was more physical, didn't get knocked down every time he went into a corner. Yeah. It, yeah, if if Stadnika can give us that type of, I'm not saying be exactly like uh, Pasta, but give us that kind of performance, you know, bulking up and and getting in, especially if he's going to be playing on a third line or a fourth. I mean, you're expecting a little more physicality out of him, so absolutely, and this has got to bode well for the upcoming season if he can. Maintain and even the if talent. he's not more physical, it adds to his ability to protect the puck. Yes, he's not getting knocked off the puck is is a huge part of every part of the game. Um, second the uh, second tweet from uh, Mark uh, P Bruins roster obviously work in progress in mid July, but here are players under contract who could form the nucleus of the D. Vakaninen, Akan, Dider, Lyle, Wolf, and Berglund. Um, I think this says a lot about uh, Vakaninen's projection or, or trajectory and where they protect, project him for the year. Um, yes, there are things that could happen that move him up, and I don't think that the roster is set uh, for Boston uh, for I don't, yeah, I don't think already. No, I don't think so either. I mean, you've got Grizzlick, McAvoy, Carlo. I think those four own their roster spots, effectively. Grizzly, McAvoy, Carlo, and Zaboral has to because he's on a one-way contract. Yeah, he owns a roster spot in the ninth level. Oh, he's going to take John Morsey because is not John Moore a – is he done yet? No, maybe. I thought please, John had please, another please, season please. left, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so, 
So uh, we have no, he what? He has one? two seasons left. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that noise again? Uh, that was me suppressing the urge to uh, <laughs> supply myself with a second viewing of my breakfast. <laughs> okay, that's just wrong. So, Con- so we got McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzly, uh, Lozon, Zaboral, and Clifton. Depending on who we lose to, are they going to are they going to they going to resign Mike Riley? Supposedly they're in talks to try and resign him. If they resign him, that changes a lot. Um, I wouldn't even he be won't. surprised if Seattle takes him. It's amazing how many people want to stay. Like everybody wants to stay that needs to be re-signed. Krejci talking about wanting to stay. Riley has talked about wanting to stay. Taylor Hall wants to stay. Everybody wants to stay. I mean, that's a that's a good problem to have. I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, as a as an organization, you need it's, to make your evaluations and taking who wants to stay when everyone wants to stay into it. I think actually takes it out of it. It's definitely better than everybody wanting to leave. Oh, yeah. You don't want to have to overpay to keep players. No. Um, and in the best uh, salary dump of the year, uh, we get uh, Andrew Ladd. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, this is clear and, clear and obvious. I mean, the Islanders are looking to shed some money because they need to find a way to pay Adam Pellick. So uh, among others, yeah, they're looking for they're looking for all the money they can get their hands on, which is, you know, I get it. So, yeah, what do they do? They turn around and they send Nick Letty to Detroit, which I didn't even hear about, like yep. completely nothing. That that was like there was a black curtain thrown over that one. Uh, and you you had told me they, they got what panic and a draft pick for him. Correct. OK. And then they sent Andrew Ladd two seconds and a conditional third to Arizona for what was that player's name again? Future considerations. Very famous player. He, he's played on like every franchise. Seriously. And he's played forever. It's got to be like, I don't know, 40 years in the league at this point. He just keeps getting moved around. I don't get it. it, it it's amazing. Yet I can't seem to find stats for him. And you know what? They even named a scouting uh, service after him. <laughs> yes, they did. But uh, the they they are clearly it's clearly it it's clearly a salary salary dump as you said. They've got projected cash base of twelve mil. Uh you're looking at five you you're looking at five free agents on the forwards. The big name, obviously, being on the defensive side with Adam Pellick. But, yeah, they've got Matthew – got Anthony Beauvillier as, a, as an RFA, arbitration eligible. Uh, Dal Cole, arbitration eligible. Do the they, thing is – Do they re-sign the other two guys that they got from New Jersey? I don't think so. Both of those, neither, neither of those guys was particularly young. And they need more offense. Paul Mary's only 30. For a forward, that's not particularly young. Okay. But offensively, Paul Mary can score goals. He could in the past. He didn't this past season. 
he only had 10 goals and 21 points combined this season in 56 games. Uh, but yeah, the year before he had 45 and 65, he had 50 and 74, 25 goals, 27 goals, 24 goals, 26 goals. Last time he hit 30 was in 15, 16. If Palmieri can still put the puck in the net, I can see him getting some kind of offer. Zajac at 36, no. No. Um, the other half of that deal is, of course, what's going on in Arizona. Uh, we've heard consistent rumors about uh, Connor Garland since early in the season when he was linked to everybody. And, of course, Oliver Ekman Larson was a week away from being or a handshake away from being traded to Boston at least once last season. And it might happen again this season for all we know. If they actually move on from those two, they're signaling a rebuild. Yeah. And with that rebuild, we might see them take on even more um, pure salary dumps simply to stay above the cap floor. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of us already mentioned that we're uh, not – perhaps the world's biggest fans of current ownership uh, for a couple of reasons. But even now uh, the, uh, the coyotes, I believe, let's see, they have. So I can get my hands on Connor Garland. Who's from here in Massachusetts, by the way. Is he, I hadn't heard that. He's not, he's not from Weymouth. Some other guy is from Weymouth though. I don't know of any players from Weymouth, but oh, okay. as of right now, the Coyotes are six million under the cap floor. They only have twelve players signed, but they're six million under the cap floor. Um, I think once the once the playoff or once the expansion draft roster freeze ends, mm-hmm. we might see another similar deal like to this um, as Arizona prepares to restock and rebuild again. They don't have a first round pick this year, but they do have three second round picks. And I think that that's perfectly acceptable in a draft that's not expected to have uh, one of those generational talents at the top. I don't know. Some, yeah. So I, I don't think there's yeah, there's definitely not a there's definitely not a, a McDavid or a. There's no McDavid. There's no Ovechkin. There's no. <laughs> Yeah. Pick. Actually, number one is like a defenseman from University of Michigan. Isn't Owen Power like the number one prospect? Owen Power is expected to go first. And yeah, so. And Which, hey, he could turn out to be that sort of guy. I, think he's I mean, this it, year, to be honest with him. This year, the Coyotes have their first or have their second round pick, Colorado's second round pick and Columbus's second round pick. Well, the Columbus pick will be decent. Yeah, the other the Colorado pick is obviously going to be at the bottom of the. Uh, but of next the year they also have the Islanders and Sharks second round picks, uh, in addition to their own. Mm-hmm. If they can pick up two or three more picks in the first two rounds this year and next year, that'll go a long way towards restocking restocking their system because they've got a lot of guys who simply aren't going to be there in three years. Phil Kessel, 33 years old. He's UFA after this season. Um, Tyler Pitlick, 29 years old, UFA after this season. Uh, Johan Larson, 
28 years old, UFA after this season. Derek Broussard's contract is run out. I honestly can't remember the last time I saw him on the ice. Um, I don't expect them to have Alex Goligoski to start the season. Don't expect them to have Nicholas Yarmelson to start the season. Um, Jason Demers, coin flip. Um, and Antti Ranta, coin flip. Uh, but they do need... They do need at least one more goalie. I don't know that they bring. I don't even know if they bring Antti Ranta. I think he's been too injured, and they need to start bringing up guys like um, Aiden Hill, who has Aiden Hill was traded. Oh, great! Well, I guess they're not going to bring him up. No, uh, I think Prosper and he was one of the seven thousand. Well, not quite seven thousand, but there were several small trades yesterday. Uh huh. And I honestly think they won that. They might have won that trade too. Well, then they'll bring up like Prosvitov or somebody. Yeah, I mean he's he was their other. He was their third goalie on the on their taxi squad or whatever. Plus they got Coronar, who's. Eh. I think they. I I don't think that they're gonna give money to, unless it's uh, very very. Because yeah, Adirata, it was it's it was gonna Coronar be small money. or Hill. And the Coyotes managed to grab a second-round pick, uh, and, ex- and Coronar and a second-round pick in exchange for Aiden Hill and a seventh-round pick. Who's Coronar? Was that Colorado? Coronar came out of uh, – they got him from Chica- from the Sharks. Oh, okay. Um, on the so- Barracuda last year, he played – Eight games with an 898, not espe- not especially great. No. But then he had four playoff appearances for them with a 929. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, unless they can get unless they can get uh, Ranta to sign for less than four and a quarter, and I mean like a lot less than four and a quarter, because he needs he to show me that he can stay healthy. I'm sorry. Cap space wise, it almost doesn't matter what they sign him for. Yeah, but I don't want to set the precedent that I'm precedence. just. Yes. I don't want to set the precedent. I'm just going to give him money because I can. I need this guy to realize that you know what, you can't stay healthy. I mean, when he does, when he does play, he is a good goaltender. Yeah. Granted, he wasn't last season, but if you look at his numbers and when he was a backup with the Rangers and when he was a starter for. I just I don't know. I don't. It, I think if they want to get him for like two and a half or something, then maybe you keep him around, maybe three. Uh, two and a half, three, I can see. Um, and I will see you Wednesday night. Um, we have Wednesday night. Draft. Oh, the expansion draft. Are they televising this bad boy? They are televising it at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, the rest of you can figure out what that means for you. Um, they also doing the regular entry draft at the same time, although. People are not going to be assembled. It's going to be virtual. Boo-hoo. Um, Still? I, well, yes. Wait a minute. The expansion Don't draft is the started. same night as the regular draft? Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, not at all. What kind of kind of hose job is that? You, you did a better job of coming up with uh, a, a ratings acceptable uh, phrasing for that than I did. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we leave you. 
Have a great week and uh, let us know what you think of the draft uh, or drafts, plural. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, Not sure if we're doing a supplemental, but we'll definitely be back next weekend. Take care.